It's time to talk San Diego Padres. This is Inside San Diego Baseball from 97.3 The Fan and the Padres Radio Network. Here's Sam Levitt. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast. Sam Levitt here at the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego. A very busy Tuesday at the MLB Winter Meetings. I have once again found a quiet enough spot to record this podcast intro. As I did yesterday, I want to tell you it is just after 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. So by the time this podcast goes up, who knows what might happen, but uh, right now this is where we are at just after 6.30 here in California. Not a ton of Padres news and rumors today. Uh, Maybe the most interesting thing we heard all day, this was from John Heyman on Twitter reporting that the Padres offered Trey Turner $342 million yesterday before he signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. So that was certainly an eye-popping number that came from John Heyman. We also found out later in the day that Josh Bell agreed to uh, a contract with the Cleveland Guardians, two years, $33 million. So that's significant because it means that Bell will not be coming back to the Padres. The other tweet that I found interesting today, Buster Olney of ESPN saying some agents guesstimate Xander Bogarts will get something in the range of $180 to $200 million when he signs, given the enormous spike in the market. So again, we know that the Padres have been linked to Xander Bogarts, and apparently it'll take somewhere in that range as far as the money uh, if the Padres were to sign Xander Bogarts. But relatively, at least to this point, just after 6.30, a relatively quiet day for the Padres here at the winter meetings. We have a lot to do on this podcast, some really, really good conversations. You'll hear from Scott Boris. I asked Scott Boris a couple of questions earlier today here in the lobby of the Manchester Grand Hyatt about the Padres' interest in Xander Bogarts, about the Padres' interest potentially in somebody like Carlos Rodon, who is a Scott Boris client, so I'll play that for you coming up in a little bit. I also talked with MLB Network's Tom Verducci. We had a really good conversation about the Padres' pursuit of Trey Turner, uh, about their pursuit of one of these big-time free agent shortstops and more, so you'll want to hear that. I also talked with Padres' president of baseball operations and general manager, A.J. Preller. We had a one-on-one conversation. I'm going to play that for you coming up as well. Bob Melvin, Padres' manager, did speak with the media Earlier today, I did want to play you some of the interesting things that Bob Melvin had to say during that media availability. So we'll start with that, then get to the rest of the conversations. But first, let's hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin from earlier today here at the winter meetings. All right, first here was Bob Melvin on Josh Bell reportedly going to the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, look, Josh came in, did a nice job for us. You know, he fit in really well. You know, for a guy that was used to playing every day, he had to at times look at a reduced role, come off the bench. You know, a guy was used to playing first base every day. He's doing a lot of DH in it. It was a difficult, you know, scenario for him too. But he got along. He was all in for us. He's, he's really, if you got to know him, he's just a terrific gentleman. And and uh, w- it was never a problem, never complained about, you know, whether, whether he was in the lineup or not or whether he was DHing. He was there to, to try to push us as far as we could go, and he certainly helped us do that. And here was Bob Melvin when I asked him about the idea of the Padres potentially signing another shortstop if he likes the idea of having a team that could be versatile and I suppose a little less traditional from a position standpoint. No, I think we're, we're able to have guys that, so-called 
you know, short, several shortstops if that was the case. Um, you know, Jake can play anywhere. He could move over to first if we had to. You know, Fernando Tatis is probably as athletic and, you know, a guy that could play anywhere in the field, probably any sport. So I think, you know, if there's a team built to be able to move some guys around, it would probably be us. Now, there are probably some tough conversations along the way as far as that goes. But um, I think with the athletes we have, we were able to, to move some guys around and, and make it fit. And finally, here's what Bob Melvin had to say when he was asked about how Luis Campusano can grab a larger share of the workload at catcher this season. Yeah, I think, you know, probably about his time to, to get more of a workload. So, you know, the times we used him late in the season, he he did well. You know, he had one game in Arizona where he caught Joe, and I don't know if it was a shutout or one-run game, he hit a home run. And, you know, so, you know, you're always looking, you know, for, for homegrown guys that, you know, aren't, aren't making a ton of money at a certain amount of time. We have a lot of guys that are. So you, you have to support that with, with guys like him. And it's always nice to have guys from within the system because, you know, it's, I've often said it's like, you know, it's like a university for you. your freshman, your sophomore, junior, you finally get to varsity. And there's a lot of pride in the organization when you come up in it. So that's some of what Bob Melvin had to say at his media availability earlier today. Like I said, I had a really good conversation with MLB Network's Tom Verducci about a number of different topics regarding the Padres. Here was that conversation with Tom Verducci. Sam Levitt here from 97.3 The Fan and the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast. Right now I'm joined by Tom Verducci of MLB Network. Tom, it's been uh, somewhat of a busy couple of days for the Padres here at the winter meeting. Some interesting news earlier today. Reportedly the Padres offering Trey Turner yesterday upwards of $340 million. When you hear that, your reaction? Well, clearly Trey Turner wanted to be back on the East Coast. His wife is, uh, has family in New Jersey. He's a guy who was traded during the year uh, a couple of times now. And I think in this case, it was a matter of a player taking comfort over the money. And you have to respect that. I mean, listen, the annual average annual value on the contract is not record-setting at all. It doesn't affect the rest of the market, $27-plus million. Uh, but he wanted length of the contract, no trade to make sure, like Bryce Harper, he's in Philadelphia for the rest of his career. I applaud the Padres for stepping up and trying to convince him with a lot of money to play in San Diego, and it's really impressive what the Padres have been doing the last couple of years. A lot of people might not know this, that of the seven biggest free agent contracts in history, the Rangers, the Phillies, and the Padres have five of them. This is not Yankees, Dodgers, Cubs, Cardinals. It's, you know, Padres, Rangers, Phillies. It's impressive. Those organizations stepping up to try to build not just a competitive team, but a World Series team. I, I love to see that. Tom, what's the sense you get right now with the Padres as far as their remaining interest in signing somebody like a Xander Bogarts or a major free agent still on the market? Well, clearly the effort that they made to try to get Trey Turner tells you that they're in the top of the market. Um, you know, I think they might have a tough time convincing Bogarts uh, to change positions. So it might involve moving Kim to second base. Uh, I just think Bogarts feels like he's a shortstop at this point in his career and is not looking to change positions but again I think the Padres can be creative they have really good athletes where you can begin to start moving some people around whether it's Jake Cronenworth whether it's Fernando Tatis um, even Kim who I just love as defender at shortstop so I think AJ Preller has some chess pieces that he can move across the board which is it's great to have that kind of flexibility 
Let's talk about one of those chess pieces, Fernando Tatis Jr., because that seems to be a common conversation when you talk about the Padres and any of these free agent shortstops, position players, is how does that affect Fernando Tatis Jr., where he might play? I, I suppose the Fernando Tatis Jr. situation, his recovery, him switching positions, what's your, your thoughts on all of that when it comes to Fernando? Yeah, there's a lot in play, and I actually spoke with Bob Melvin recently about that. Uh, I'm of the mind, and I don't think the Padres have settled on anything just yet on where Fernando's going to play. Um, and don't forget, he had the shoulder tightened up as well, so we have to see how that plays out. That was not a minor surgery. Um, you know, every, if everything goes well, it's great, but as we saw with Cody Bellinger, those things can have some lingering effects in terms of long recoveries. But I'm of the mind, I always like it when a player has a position when he goes to spring training and knows where he's going to play. I, I just think it makes it easier to deal with the player. It, it gives them freedom of mind. I know that Fernando can play shortstop. He can play a corner outfield position. He can play a center field position. Uh, but for me, based on where the Padres are right now, and listen, A.J. Perler is not done, I know that, but I would have him in left field um, and just say, go get him and keep things as simple as possible. Like Bogarts, I'm sure Tatis thinks I'm a shortstop. It's kind of like being a quarterback in football or a point guard in basketball. Once you play that position, you always think of yourself as that kind of player. I remember even Dustin Pedroia grew up playing shortstop, and even in the big leagues, he would take ground balls at shortstop. And I said, why are you taking ground balls at shortstop? You're a second baseman, all-star second baseman. He said, I'm a, sh I'm a shortstop. But I think with Tatis, you really have to sell him on the fact that this is what's best for the San Diego Padres right now. And again, there's things that may change between now and when he's back in, in late April. Um, but I, I think they would be best served, and he would be as well, to settle on one position. Out of all the needs the Padres have, starting pitching, corner outfield, first base DH, if you were A.J. Preller, what would be the most important area to address this offseason as far as getting a significant player? Yeah, probably starting pitching because even a lot of teams can look at their starting pitching and think they're good, but you always have to build, I think, a seven-man pitching staff because you know you're going to have some attrition. It's almost impossible to get all five of your guys through healthy in the course of a season. So to kind of build on that and be proactive, I would go there. And I think, again, I, otherwise I would say first base, but because you have someone like Cronenworth who can play that position, you have an answer there. You maybe can look somewhere else on the diamond. But um, starting pitching, as good as it is right now for the Padres, I, I think you never have enough to be comfortable. And one of the strengths for the Padres last season was the depth of their starting pitching. We'll see how they fill out that starting rotation. You recently wrote a book with Joe Madden, Book of Joe. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's interesting. I started out thinking how this job of being a big league manager has changed so much, and I definitely dove into that. But with Joe Madden, who's one of the most interesting <laughs> characters in baseball, you wind up going into so many different areas. So there's a lot of things in there about teamwork and chemistry. And what goes on to building a world championship team? Obviously, he was the manager of the Cubs when they broke a 108-year curse, and it had a lot to do with the culture and environment of the team. As a leader, in this case, a manager of a baseball team, what can you do to foster that kind of environment, and who are the guys who can help make that happen? Because I think you do need leaders on a team. It sounds like a corny idea, maybe even a cliche, but even in this analytical world, it's, it's really important to have those kind of guys. So... Uh, if you love baseball, you'll enjoy the book. And even if you don't love baseball, I think you'd be curious to find out what it takes to, be, to build a winning organization in terms of leadership. It's got that, too. 
Tom, thanks so much for the time. Every time I, I talk to you, I'm just amazed at the depth of the information. You know so much about the game, everything going on right now. Appreciate the time and enjoy the rest of this week here in San Diego. I appreciate it. It's a great time to be a Padres fan, folks. Like I said earlier today, I had a chance to ask Scott Boris a couple of questions in the lobby about Carlos Rodon and Xander Bogarts. Here was my chat with Scott Boris. I'm here with Scott Boris. Scott, the Padres reportedly made a competitive offer to Trey Turner yesterday. They've been linked to Xander Bogarts. Can you tell us anything about uh, the Padres' interest in Bogarts, uh, if it's still there right now? I think the Padres are trying to get better any way they can, and obviously there's some elite players in this market that they would have interest in, and and uh, I, I don't think there's, there's anything about what goes on with the Padres and their ownership that was... Uh, would not in any way allow them to pursue something that they felt was really advantageous. So it's kind of a good thing for the fans of here to know that they're uh, really creative and aggressive and they're really trying to build the best ball club they can. They're a team that also is in need of some starting pitching. Carlos Rodon, has there been any interest there from San Diego? I think anybody who's wants to be in a World Series always talks about elite pitchers and uh, and Carlos really has a lot of suitors, and, and obviously a lot of teams check in, no doubt. A.J. Preller, he's known to be aggressive. Like you said, the Padres are always looking to make their team better. What's it like dealing with Preller uh, this time of year at the winter meetings? Oh, I've dealt with A.J. for years. You know, he's a, really a quality baseball man, knows a lot, does a lot of research on players, and so it's, uh, it's always good to deal with guys who really are on the inside of the game. Earlier this morning, I had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Padres President of Baseball Operations and General Manager A.J. Preller. Here was our conversation. Sam Levitt here with Padres President of Baseball Operations and General Manager A.J. Preller. A.J., hope it's been a great winter meeting so far. Before we get into all the baseball stuff, what is this week like for you? Are you sleeping? Is it 24-7 work around the clock for a general manager? What is this week like? Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, super fun time, and it's definitely uh, it's definitely long hours, but uh, but it's worth it. You're talking about baseball, so it's you know I mean it's uh, not definitely not work, you know it's uh, and it's cool too because you have I mean, the last few years with the COVID situation, no winter meetings. It's an opportunity for you know the whole baseball community and, and, and industry to get together, um, you know whether it's you know front office staff, scouts, coaches, big league managers. Uh, you know, media and just celebrate the game and talk about the game. So it's a, it's, a, it's a fun time for sure. One of the big pieces of news yesterday, reportedly Trey Turner signing with the Phillies on an 11-year, $300 million deal. Reports yesterday that the Padres had a competitive offer uh, for Trey Turner. What's the Padres' remaining interest in signing a position player that would require a contract approaching those kinds of numbers? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we like our, we, you know, we like our group and our team, and I think we have, you know, we, we have again, really in, in all areas, both the lineup on, you know, on the starting rotation, the pen. You know, we feel like we have a team that uh, should be very competitive this year. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, th I think, ultimately for us, we've talked about, you know, with with Josh Bell, Brandon Drew, Will Myers, free agents. You know, looking at one more bat, I think there's there's an opening there for for a bat, probably a corner type bat, and then from a starting standpoint, from a starting position, uh, starting pitcher standpoint, you can never have enough. So I think those are those are a couple areas that we've looked at here, you know, the last month, and then coming into the winter meetings to to help our team. But we like our group, we like our team, and you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I think uh, we we feel good about what we have going into spring training. 
You mentioned starting pitching. There are some high-tier starting pitchers out there, a Kodai Senga, a Carlos Rodon, uh, some other guys like the Chris Bassett's of the world, uh, other pitchers that are available in the free agent market. As far as the, the higher tier, uh, a Senga, a Rodon, I know you m may not mention particular players, but what's the Padres' interest level in, uh, I guess, the highest tier of starting pitcher that's available on the market right now? Yeah, I mean, I think for for us, you always, you know, you always you're always looking to add talent. You're always looking to consider all different options, um, you know. But again, like we, it's it's part of it too is, is looking at our, our our payroll and our budget, and um, you know, and trying to trying to figure out what's the best combination for us. So I think we're open. You know, you understand you, you need you know front end starters to to, to win games and, and get you, and get you into the postseason and then win in postseason games. So. Uh, but you know, I think from our standpoint, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how the next you know few days plays out, next few weeks plays out. But you know, honestly, we like our group and our team, and we'll, we'll kind of see how things how, how things uh, how things land. Yesterday, you mentioned that there hadn't been any conversations with players like Hassan Kim, Jake Cronenworth about how signing a potential shortstop could affect their positions. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a shortstop you have on your roster right now. Have there been any conversations with him as he recovers, as the free agent market unfolds, about how this could all affect him positionally? Yeah, we're, you know, we, have, we have constant contact with, with Fernando. I think daily contact either here in San Diego or if he's in the Dominican, you know, from, uh, you know, I think from, from somebody from our staff. I think the biggest thing for Fernando right now we've talked about is just, just getting healthy. You know, he had the, the shoulder surgery. Uh, he had the wrist repair. So I think that's, that's been our focus. I think he's a, you know, he's a great talent. He can play all over the field. Um, you know, a little bit might be dependent on what we do from a roster. You know, if we add somebody positionally, um, I think we'll factor in where that where that leads Fernando. We'll have conversations with him, keep him updated every step of the way. We'll get his take. Um, but I think the biggest thing right now is just getting back on the field. And you know, we know Fernando on the field really in any position is an impactful player. That's what we're looking forward to. AJ, I know you have a lot to do, so I won't keep you too long. Thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. And uh, good luck at the the rest of these winter meetings here in San Diego. All right, as always, Sam. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That'll do it for Inside San Diego Baseball on this Tuesday from the winter meetings here in San Diego. My plan tomorrow is to do the same thing I did yesterday and today, do interviews, gather content throughout the day, and then post an episode in the evening tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Hope you enjoyed this one. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I will talk to you tomorrow.